What is going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to another episode of The Kingdom Says. I am your host, as always, Garrett Williams. And joining me today, we've got the full cast with me. To my left, Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are we doing today, sir? It's been a day. It's hump day, right? Is that what day it is? It's Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tuesday? Wednesday? It is Wednesday. No, it's Wednesday. Jesus. See how this week's been? Uh, It's free agency. Yeah, which feel like uh, it's been going on for a week, but it's which is why it's been such a week. Yeah. It's also March Madness, so for anybody with your March Madness fans, I'm oh. sure we have plenty of KU, K State, Mizzou fans on this sh- that listen to this show. Good luck, respectively, to all of you folks. I have um, zero rooting interest for any of you guys, so I will root for all of you. Well, most of you equally, one of you a little less, just because most of you guys are annoying. Go USC. But, I don't know if they're in it or not. Yeah, they're playing Michigan State. That'll be fun. Yeah. But other than that. Ready to go, ready to talk about all this craziness, mostly departures. A lot of departures. A lot of Kind of what we talked about with the about. Super Bowl tax. Huh, we weird. have. Also, back in action, Arrowhead Tom, of course. Tom, how he's, are you doing tonight, sir? He's alive. I'm back. I've had one heck of a week. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Also, uh, no, he hasn't been doing drugs. Don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to clarify, uh, literally, I've been trying to convince kids not to do drugs. Um, Thank you. For but also, learned. Um, you know, yeah, welcome back to the Kingdom Says podcast. Also, the nation's number one chiropractor conspiracy theory podcast uh, with your host, oh. Garrett Williams. Yeah. Uh, I get you your so... own spinoff. We'll have shorts on that, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> I'm trying to spread awareness. Listen, if you're not following us on Twitter and missing our, our tweets about the hashtag pre-show, you are missing out. Um, always always a good time usually longer yes. than the episodes you guys hear to be honest some of the things yeah. that are said uh that's I why it's a pre-show we can't put the them children. on here. um you know but for a small sum of money i might give you access to the pre-shows i do accept bribes but anyways uh, i'm doing great i'm happy to be here excited to be here we've got some some pretty big news i know i didn't get to talk about uh Jawan taylor earlier no no i'm week. gonna bribe you please talk about so, Jawan taylor because that's where you need to start since we already is that where we're gonna him. start perfect yeah, so, so you already, I... we already talked about him you have yeah yet. uh i loved I it and i regained my my crown as uh being able to predict who uh brett veach is going to acquire at left tackle as i had texted you boys about a week before the move and i said what if i told you there's a 25 year old tackle with over a thousand snaps in four consecutive seasons, uh, and Garrett said we don't want a project like that. Well, it turns out the Chiefs I did, do. Yeah, um, I did say I don't want <laughs> more right tackle to left tackle converts, but yeah, you know, Juwan's a little bit different. I got a little yeah. different. A little bit different. This is a very different beast. Um, I went back and tried to, to scrounge up my notes, and then I couldn't find the exact ones on Taylor. Um, I listen, I went all the way back to my, to my writing days for another, uh, chiefs content website that I won't name drop because I don't want to get in trouble, but, uh, not with these guys, with them, but yeah, it ain't us. I uh, we named, have you uh, listened to this show? We name drop. Yeah, we name drop everybody. So everybody but yeah, no, I, um, I am, I remember Jawan Taylor cause I was a class with Andre Dillard and, um, Jonah Williams and some other guys who were like, who had short arms. And so Jawan Taylor is for some people. Um, yeah, I just, I just went back to look at like just as a draft prospect, right? He, for a lot of guys, he was uh, almost everywhere. He was a consensus top three tackle, and, I, and there was a lot of speculation that he could move to the left side and all that. And then you watched him play in Jacksonville, and I, I was, a, I'm a little surprised that he's played the way he has because I really thought he was going to be a guy who's more of like your traditional right tackle, where you are a better run blocker than pass blocker, 
that's not the case. He is really uh, grown as a pass blocker. Uh, definitely, is, he's he is the Bizarro. Uh, shout out to you know um, everybody else who's pointed out, but like the Bizarro Orlando Brown. Um, he is much better, and he moves like his footwork. Even if you're not like a big offensive line person, go watch just watch some clips of his feet compared to. Um, Orlando Brown's feet, and then invite Rex Ryan over to watch, and he can help you point out the difference in the feet. But um, just the movement, he's silky smooth, um, and he does, he uses those, his his arms are long, and he uh, he does such a good job. So um, I, I thought it was, you know, at the time, everyone was like, well, they overpaid for him. Uh, did we not just watch the Broncos pay more money for an older guy who has lost a lot of his strength and movement skills? Like, Come on now, that's a that's a market value deal, and if he's actually playing left tackle, like like it sounds like he is, that's actually a pretty damn good deal for him. So, um, I I was excited about the move. They get that long term uh, flexibility. It's going to line up. It, it does cause a little bit of conflict. Like he's going to have to probably re up around the same time as Creed and and those guys. And so you know, uh, and at the same time, that'll be about the time that Joe Tooney's coming off the books more than likely. So, you know, it, it works out. Um, I think it's an upgrade in pass protection, which is obviously the number one thing. And also, Andy Heck is a hell of an offensive line coach. This is something sure is. that uh, Jeff Schwartz pointed out, pointed out on Twitter, like, your coaching matters. And I think that we're going to see um, some big steps. The guy – so, in terms of a pass protector, and I hope that this – statement ages well because i know in his time here he was a little it was a little uh controversial but he does remind me in terms of like the athletic um like the skill set like of an okay, eric fisher type eric yeah. fisher right but i think he's got a little more strength i got he's a, a little more eric fisher was an underrated athlete but i think that he's got a bigger frame and longer arms but but like legitimately a very talented pass pass blocker maybe an average run blocker um but that's secondary to keeping 15 safe. So yeah. uh, I'm pretty excited about the move. Uh, as a prospect, there was a lot of things I liked about him. Um, I, I tried I to look him move. up yeah. on the math bomb. I tried to pull up his RAS. Mm. He didn't qualify yeah. at the combine. Yeah, yeah. He did do yeah. 24 yeah. reps on the bench at the combine. Which is which... impressive with when your arms are 36 inches long. And he's, um, I, I assume the reason that he didn't qualify the combine is because he was injured in some variety. He was, yeah, I believe, yeah. yeah. So there yeah, were there were two things, true. two things with Jawan Taylor because yeah, at one point he was considered a top ten pick, um, but two things that that had teams kind of nervous. One was the injury history. I think you know, like I said, four years he's played over a thousand snaps in every year. Um, he started for Jacksonville. Um, again, good. he's taking his bumps. The other one was there was, was I think it was a right knee injury. Um, there were some current concerns there, and then um, the the other one that I don't think is as relevant um, is he did I think in high school he weighed like three hundred and eighty pounds and had some weight issues. Um, has not been the case since. So I think both of those are because he went in the second round and, and fell a little bit. But um, yeah, no uh, exciting move. And uh, the Chiefs continue to grab guys from the 2019 draft class that I really liked. Yeah. Speaking of guys in the 2019 class that we liked, we basically the only, well, one of the few other uh, signings that the Chiefs have made so far in free agency, uh, agreeing to terms with Charles Amenehue, former Texans draft pick, was on the 49ers the past couple years. Uh, Tom, I know we just had you talk for a long time, but 
this is kind of one of your guys, wasn't it? And Charles, I mean, oh, he's... you have actually. So fun fact, and I'd have to go back and scroll um, again when I was writing for a website. Um, <clears throat> I uh, Charles Lemini, who actually liked one of my articles, like liked the tweet of one of my articles because I included nice. him on it. Um, I've been a big fan of Aminihu. Um, I was probably one of his biggest supporters um, just because I saw a kid at Texas who uh, had some like legitimate size and strength. Uh, he's changed a lot in his pro game. I think somebody was talking about his weight. He's listed at 280. Um, I I would guess he plays probably closer to the 270s, maybe even the high 260. Yeah. 60s now, but plays with strength. I was watching some of the 49ers film. Um you know, it's a two-year, ten million, or is it two ten or two twenty? Sixteen. It's two, two 16. for sixteen yeah. with incentives. Yeah. Um, to so two twenty. Yeah, two twenty total. Yeah. So um, when you look at his like kind of his advanced numbers, pressure rates, all that stuff, um, he he last year he graded out as a guy who was you know a top. Um, I think he was top eight and um, or he's like top eight and pass rush win percentage and top 16 and, and pressure rates or something like that. So you're getting a pretty good deal on him. Whether or not he can be a full-time starter is debatable. I I think he could grow into that. Um, but a huge I piece. think, yeah, if you're talking, if he's your third defensive end, you're in pretty good shape. So uh, he's got a of, lot of that inside yeah. out versatility as well. Kind of almost as oh, yeah. like a Turk Wharton where you can play him both inside and out. And, but well, he has and, a lot more of a pass rush plan. I think he's, Pretty good pass rusher. He is way more developed than Turk yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he's got the, the 49ers moved him around a lot, loop stunts, all that stuff. But, yep. you know, I think I heard somebody say that many who was the, you know, was really their second best pass rusher last year, uh, especially down the stretch in the playoffs and stuff. So I think it could be a move that surprises some people. I, um, I imagine they'll bring in another body, whether it's a vet or a draft pick to, to be a, another dude on that line. Um, but they also need help inside. So lots of yeah. moves, lots of things left to do still. So early, I know we have some other things to talk about in terms of some departures. But uh, so far, the two big moves that they've made, I've been a big fan of. Um, yeah, I think Minahue is going to provide something that I talked about a lot last year, and I think we're going to finally see the full evolution of it. They displayed it some with the um, different fronts, guys in different spots, Dana inside, Dana outside, Karloftis inside, Karloftis outside. This is going to be the full addition of this NASCAR defense that I've been talking about. They're small. They're, they're getting guys that are all kind of similar in size and, and strengths and shape and what they do. And they all have a little bit of one thing that they do a little bit better than the other one, but they're all pretty much real solid players with some above average traits and areas. And they can move them inside and out because as Tom just mentioned, well, Minahue rushes from inside and out, and they looped him and ran him with stunts, and he's used to playing next to guys that are elite players, like Nick Bosa. Chris Jones is on this roster. He's going to fit in just sure fine. Is. I, this is this is going to be the evolution of this defense that I've been personally waiting for. I think this is when Spags is at his most lethal and most fun as a defensive coordinator. Um, and this is what he's gearing up for. And Joe Cullen, as his D-line coach, is a perfect... Oh set up to work with him to really put this into motion to let this D-line evolve into what I think Spags has had in his head since he took over and the metamorphosis that Brett has taken this defense through over the last three or four years is is something to watch. And I, we're finally getting to the point where we're going to get to see the, see the whole picture of it. 
yeah, it's uh, definitely a very low-key underrated signing, I think. It's going to be a, a pretty good move, I think, uh, come se- season. We'll, uh, we'll see some, some good juice coming from him. But, yeah, pretty much outside of those two, Jody Fortson was the only other guy who had basically the Chiefs made a roster move on. They tendered him with a the E-F-R-A tag. I don't exactly yep. It's the um, exclusive rights free agent tender. That's they're the only, I think they're the only team that can negotiate with him. He's not going anywhere. No worries. No, yeah. So that's good to see Jody back um, coming. And up he up. already basically said, and I think with the ERFA stuff, it's basically just a done deal. It's a I matter think, of I just putting a number on it and signing yeah, the paperwork and moving on. I think those rights are exclusive to them. So good to see Jody coming back after missing a year or two uh, to injury. And uh, he had came back and had a pretty decent showing this year. So. Outside of that, though, only other roster move the Chiefs made that was announced today was uh, Patrick Mahomes restructuring, well, the Chiefs restructuring Patrick Mahomes' contract. Uh, we've talked about Mahomes' contract plenty of times on this podcast, but one of those things that the Chiefs basically can uh, rework it, restructure it, and free up cap space whenever they want to. And uh, to whatever number they want to, as far as how much money is available for that year. Exactly. Yeah. So they converted 12 million of his roster bonus into a signing bonus, which created 9.6 million in cap space. So that just yep. gives the Chiefs a little more operating room. We didn't see him them uh, use it last year, so you get like a little more off of it this year. I and they didn't use all sure. of it this year either, for what it's yeah. worth. There was more available so. to use this year if they wanted to. Um. Oh, boys, this is when they're gonna start. This is when yeah, Chiefs free agency starts, and it's not always indicator, and it's not always outside of house that it's going to start. And usually with the Chiefs, I, if I'm paying attention to free agency and I'm a Chiefs fan going forward, what they do in regards to Patrick's contract and when they do it is when I'm going to start paying attention to exactly what they're doing in free agency. Yeah. Most of the time in the coming years when we're having cap space conversations, there's going to be two or three contracts, just like this year there was. We knew about Frank. We knew that was probably leaving. And we knew that there was some expiring deals that were probably not getting re-signed, a franchise tag, potentially. Those were a couple of contracts we knew were probably coming off the books. The only other money we can count on potentially being available in cap space is the Mahomes restructure that's automatic if they so choose to use it, if they can get any of the other big deals they've signed recently that are in the time frame to restructure, those would take place before Mahomes' deal, Mahomes' restructure most likely. And the only other way to generate money is extend guys. Yes, which uh, we might be seeing a couple. The a couple extensions, extensions usually coming. will happen after Mahomes' restructure. Right. So if you guys want a timeline of how to watch Chiefs free agency domino to fall. going forward, any of the moves that you can anticipate made, cuts, expiring deals, stuff like that, moves that are available cap space-wise, inside that realm will be done before Patrick's deal. And then when they really want to get active in free agency and start making moves and start making plays inside their own building, they will decide what they're doing with Patrick's deal. And from there... We go. So, we just talked about the additions and how they've only done a couple things and this and that. And we're going to talk a whole lot here in a minute about what we've lost already. A lot of pieces but lost. This is when you guys want to pay attention to free agency. For me, yes. anyway. 
I don't know if I'm alone on this for you guys, but that's that's my how I would do it if I'm a Chiefs fan. Well, and, and like I said, we're going to talk about the losses, but you just think that they are going to make some moves to retool, um, you know, and, and Kyle, you made this point, and I agree with it. It's something that, you know, Brett Veach isn't going to be – nobody puts Brett Veach in a corner. Uh, he's not going to go into the draft with, you know, gaping holes that make his – uh, make him, you know, adjust his board. He wants to be able to take the best players that fall to him or that fall into um, into range. You know, we, he's talked about kind of the pockets of players um, and those different values there. If there's a, a top-tier edge guy, um, that's great. If there's not, he doesn't have to, you know, jump up, you know, highly in the draft to grab the last guy in that first pocket. So, um, you know, I, th- I think that's important to consider. He's There's going to be some more moves. Um, it is intriguing to watch because the the Mahomes restructure, in theory, doesn't clear up a whole lot of cap to do a lot of things. But we've also seen them do, you know, um, some contracts that have really small front end, like year one values. So yeah, you know, again, there's yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so certainly more moves on the way. They'll probably make a giant move right after we stop recording the podcast. Um, you know. Or, you know, DeAndre doing Hopkins it and don't here. get to see it. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. So over the last five minutes. Oh, right yeah, no, we'll, we'll stop. I'm refreshing Twitter all the time. But yep. I think it Wait, is kind of weird. Twitter while we're recording? Garrett, what are you Garrett, doing? Garrett, I have three screens, boys. All right, I'm triple tasking, <laughs> okay? Not to flex or anything, but I, I think it is kind of Podcast recording, Twitter, um, and yeah, statistics on chiropractor-related deaths. another – exactly, actually. That's all right here. Um. I will say about the Mahomes contract restructure, it is kind of it almost seems like a specific number. You know, we talked they, they didn't use all of what they could have. They freed up a very specific number for what they think they need for uh, any certain X, Y, or Z move. They don't think anymore if once they make his move. That's the other thing I would say. Yeah, well, that's the it's it's they they got that number I think because that's what they needed for uh, for the next couple moves. So I'm guessing there's uh, like we said there's going to be some more on the horizon. Probably some in-house stuff. Probably some uh, some big out-of-house stuff. As, so uh, trade rumors have been real, flying. You know, real quick, so. on this same vein, before yeah. we do the departures, mm-hmm. can we stop with the Brett Veach has tendencies? Because he has like three at this point that are consistent tendencies. One of them is we don't go into the draft with holes. The other two tendencies he really has are draft-related. Yeah. Like there's not Could a. You say- his tendency is to not have tendencies. His t- his tendency is to adapt to his situation and the scenarios presented in front of him, and he does it really well. And he's shown that he can adapt on the fly when given uh, a hand he was not prepared for, i.e. losing Mitch Schwartz out of nowhere when you're expected to have him for three or four years and then having Eric Fisher depart at the same time. Um, losing... You know, ha- having the tra- the wide receiver market change the way it did last year when you think you basically have a deal done with Tyreek and then Christian Kirk happens, Devontae happens, and now we don't have a deal and now we've got to completely change our philosophy on the fly. Look, situations change in these markets. It's much like any any market, stock market, any video game you play that has an open market, the Madden card market, for God's sake. it When the market changes and you're in a scenario... Your approach, if you're good at what you do, has to change. And Veach has shown facts. he's willing to make adjustments. Do they have a preference? Yes, he has preferences. Do they have set that we just, this is our tendency, this is what we do? No, they don't. 
does he prefer to do they look to be trying to go younger in a lot of areas yes has he also seemed to prioritize at times veteran depth in areas yeah guys he doesn't have tendencies he has reactions to the market that's presented in front of him and that's what you want out of a gm so and it's partially it's a lot of the podcast and then a lot of the media community's fault with the narratives around with brett with with the with the tendencies because he doesn't he doesn't draft um corners in the first round he for a while it was he only trades up he never trades back um he he never like these are all things that we've said he never does and then he goes out and breaks the tendency and he goes out and does the stuff have you thought about this kyle if you if you say every single possibility yeah, maybe if you throw enough hit. stuff at the wall, it'll stick. But the point yeah. is, well, claiming that he yeah. has a, a way of doing set things. things that they're just going to approach it this way and he's not willing to make changes and adapt on the fly is, A, I think a discredit to Brett, but B, short-sightedness on your part, as as a and, and it's not like an attack, but just sit back and look at it, and I'm not, not Garrett specifically, obviously, guys, but like in general, it's short-sighted to think that he's not willing to adapt his principles because something changed and now what he wants to do isn't available. If that was how he operated, this team wouldn't be able to contend every year. So something to keep in mind with Brett. Keep let's, in mind. Let's get off the narrative that he's oh he only does this stuff this way. That no, he doesn't. I don't he's know, Kyle. If you make enough if you make enough long Twitter posts about it and just keep on throwing darts, I think I think you might hit at least one of them. And Jesus. then you can just ignore all the rest of them, you know, no matter how many people call you out. Uh, on to yeah. the departures for the Chiefs, which have actually been pr- quite plentiful. Uh, we talked about it many times uh, since the Super Bowl. There is going to be the Super Bowl tax. Uh, the good thing that we've seen from Brett Veach is that he is not giving out that tax. He is actually doing the complete opposite and saying, this is, the, this is all we're going to give you, take it or leave it. And good luck wherever you go elsewhere. And a lot of people are actually capitalizing on that and getting some bags. So... We've seen a lot of familiar faces go ahead and sign away to some other places today. Uh, five notable ones that we've got here. Uh, Michael Burton, we'll start with the big the big one. Michael Burton, the Chiefs fullback, goes back. He actually goes to the Broncos to reunite with uh, Sean Payton there. Not not a huge blow, obviously, losing a fullback. Hey, well, we he, find Mike fullbacks. was great. He's, He's a special great teamer. He, ma- he, ma- he mattered on special teams. He That's did, where we'll notice Michael Burton. Yeah, but Andy has a good good track record of finding good fullbacks so i think we'll find another one probably dave pope's uh, pretty good at special teams too even though some people think he sucks yeah yeah <laughs> i wonder who those people are um uh colin saunders big uh big signing he goes that to, hurt uh, yeah, yeah that was a that one hurt kind of an unexpected one oh huh? uh, that one i knew that one was gonna hurt i was really really hoping that they weren't going well i when they when they signed a mini hue i was like uh yeah, and then and then I saw them. Was it was it in it was last episode, the episode before, where they re-signed Turk or something for EF tag or something it's like that too. Turk, yeah, yeah, signed Charles. Yeah. It's and when they did that, when they signed Charles and Turk was back, I was like, man. But like Charles is an edge, not. I I know. We just talked about them that. moving that everybody that around though. Yeah, so. yeah, no, yeah no, I kind of thought this was coming when Colin tweeted out like I think uh, last night or something that. He uh, it was like not meant was, for this. Yeah, it was like something about negotiation, yeah. basically saying that it was like transferring away from all his best friends in in school. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oh man, he actually is probably not gonna be here next year. Well, yeah. and that's the thing that I think makes it hard. That's what Colin's personality and his oh, willingness awesome. to awesome, let dude. 
the kingdom get to know him and him get to know us in a way mm -hmm. and him share with us in a lot of the ways because these guys don't have to do that crap and a lot of them don't yeah, yeah. But he addressed <laughs> it he addressed it in that post last night where he's like i'm not built for this i don't like this part of it i don't yeah. enjoy this part i built family family bonds lifetime relationships and his if you haven't read his mm -hmm. letter to like the, the graphic one that he put out it's yeah. really well done. It's really nice. That one's really mm -hmm. good. That one kind of hit me a little bit. The mm -hmm. post to Chris and Frank. Whew. Yep. Yeah, no, those mm -mm. boys. Uh... Um, look, this is – and we talked about it last episode. You can't overpay good players and not even necessarily overpay them. You can't pay them market value because teams are willing to overpay your good players when they have Super Bowls, when they have a history, when they have experience, when they have that pedigree. And we're seeing it. And Colin is the example and definition of the Super Bowl tax on we have to not sign back a good player at a great player price mm -hmm. because we can't do that as an organization. We have to let him Go get paid elsewhere. So for me, and I kind of tweet, have talked about it a little bit and tweeted a little bit about it, but mm -hmm. for me with Colin, this isn't this isn't goodbye. I don't think for him it's goodbye. I think we'll see him around Kansas City eventually again, and I yeah. can't wait till we do. But in the meantime, I will root for him in every game that is not a Chiefs game, especially because he's going to New Orleans, man. And I got yeah. some friends that are Saints fans, and I have a problem time hard time disliking the Saints. So. Good luck, man. Yeah, I mean, three years, fourteen point five million. Like, good for him. Get your you bag, know. bro. You deserved every bit bag. of it. I mean, two times, two time champion. Right, two, right there. He got like, two rings. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you could just see how much he was beloved in the locker room by. I mean, oh, when Patrick Mahomes yeah. gives you a shout out yeah. and you're a defensive, and it's and it's let's be real about this, like. Colin had to had to grow. Came from a small school, an FBS school. Yeah, FCU, I've, FCS kid. Yeah, I've been yeah, on that. I've, listen, I've been on that college campus. I've seen that football field. Your local high school football it's field nicer. is is not, I'm not joking. I have yeah. seen. I know high my local high school football. field is nicer. It has I've, turf. I've legitimately seen high school football teams in better shape than the WIEU. Uh, I've they, driven by that campus. campus. It's not great. Anybody know what the mascot for the Western uh, University is? Oh, God. I, I did. I used to. The colors are yellow and purple. Yellow Don't look purple. it up, Garrett. I, see I know they're, they're the, yellow and the purple. Is it, is it the, it's, oh, it's not the Hornets. The Leathernecks. <laughs> not the, who's the yellow and purple Hornets? They're the uh, yellow and Georgia purple Tech? No, no, they're the Yellow Jackets. It's some uh, weird small school that's yellow and purple that are yeah. Hornets. Anyways, so uh, it's always cool because, like I said, I, I actually spent a lot of time uh, in Macomb where that campus is. Have some family who went to school there. So nice it's always a cool Just moment. the field is rough and the facilities it is, it is aren't great. Definitely yeah, so a anyways, town. Western yeah, no. is not a great place in Colin. Yeah, it's, sorry, it's, for, it's sorry for dunking on it. Just coming out yeah. of nowhere. Um, but no, I mean, that's... think about it. Colin Sandra, I mean, he, he was, and also like he was the third round pick for us, but he wasn't like, he still had to really grind for his his, his, his yeah. share on this. Yeah, that elbow injury injuries. Yeah. That really set him, back. set him back. Yeah, that set yeah, him back. He finally, you know, came around this year and really. I mean, he earned that bag. He earned every cent of it. So. Oh, yeah. He, Great to see him. Only sack in the Super Bowl was by? Colin Saunders. Colin Saunders, worth huge, every penny. Huge, pivotal, game-changing moment in the in the Super Bowl. It was so. a big momentum shift, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. shout-out to Colin. And, like I said, we'll, we'll be fans of his for life. He's uh, 
He's a yeah, great dude, guy. Yeah, that so. guy's he's one of my favorites. I yeah. It, you get occasionally you get players, and at, when we do this stuff, you try not to get too attached to guys because we all understand that this stuff is a business, and they're gonna come and they're gonna go. But when you get two rings and you get to kind of get invested in a guy like that because he lets you in, and they they get to feature him, and he's he shares his personality and himself with us. It's just it makes it tougher when they leave, but man, it makes it great when they're here. Yeah. So shout out to him. Another member of that 2019 draft class that departed from us, Juan Thornhill, signs a big bag with the Browns. Um, I didn't see Not as big a bag as I wanted him to sign, but a bag. Yeah, a bag that. Three years, Chiefs... 21 million, two, basically two years, 14 million guaranteed. Um, yeah. Something bigger than the Chiefs probably would have uh, offered yeah. him. Three the safety market has I mean, shrunk. Really we bad. talked about it. This shape, yeah. We talked about how much different this safety market looks, right? Like. Yep. And especially with the draft class and the de- and the secondary kids that are all coming out of this draft class, from everything I'm hearing about this draft class, the secondary options in the draft class are available and plentiful. So that all kind of factors in. And they also, they've got some guys in-house already in that secondary. They really like Brian Cook. you got a kind of crowded cornerback room. And you got a guy that's getting ready to be due for a contract that you basically asked to play Tyron Matthews' role last year. So um, you run out of room in that secondary, and I'll be—I'm guilty. I didn't really think about them running out of room back there, but they are kind of out of room back there. Yeah, for I starters, mean, drafted a lot of guys who've stepped up, and that helps a lot with uh, having to fill out those spots. But big departure for sure. I was another two-time Super Bowl champion, a big part of the. Uh, He's Super Bowl unique, man. Roster. That range is, yeah, even after the ACL, a really like yeah, not a, not a safety that you really see in the NFL much or anymore. Achilles, just a deep, what was it? ACL, deep, uh, whatever. It was like bad you, injury. Yeah. Bad injury. Yeah. Bad, horrible, god awful leg injury. It was an ACL, but anyways, uh, yeah, huge, huge part yeah. of the Super Bowl Fifty Four team uh, had you know some uh, some setbacks and comes back and wins another ring. Good to see him get a contract for sure um but yeah it's just we have too many guys in-house that yeah are at least going to step up for for that role for him i'm glad he got to play in this one because remember he got hurt at the end of 19 with the chargers in that chargers game with that with his injury and missed the super bowl when they won that one so him getting to play and he he played in the one afterwards but getting to win this one exactly and play in it and be a main factor was good I'm, i'm happy for him so shout out to Juan getting that bag. Another guy uh, who has departed, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, goes ahead and signed with the New England Patriots. Three-year, $33 million deal. Um, kind of a interesting right on par with that, the wide receiver market not really blowing up. But Juju That's... gets a more of a long-term answer uh, in New England. Probably another deal that, I mean, Chiefs might have been in on that kind of no, deal. No, no. Uh, no, I, I think we've seen where. I think they had an offer on the table, but I. Um... Oh, uh, they, they, it was it was yeah. reported that that uh, it was between the Patriots and the Chiefs, and and look, it's Juju came here to do what? Win a ring. Win a ring. He yeah, said he that the year before he, he came here, when he stayed in Pittsburgh, that if he was coming to Kansas City, it was to win a ring. He had a great time. We had fun. He was great while we had him. Yeah. He, Played banged up, didn't quite look like we thought it was going to look, still was extremely productive, was still huge in the playoffs. We thank you very much. Enjoy your contract with the Patriots. Uh, I'm sure, and I know this because he tweeted it, but I'm sure Jacoby Myers is feeling some type of way at the moment, seeing as how he, did. He, was pretty he, pissed at this. he got 
he got that same deal with another team, and then they just signed Juju for the same. Juju, I just, yeah. yeah anyway. see, I mean, Juju, like you said, Juju. I mean, we literally signed him to a one-year deal for the express purpose of helping him, helping us win the Super Bowl, and we did. So it worked out for all parties. No hard, no, no hard feelings or anything. Tom, get, Juju. Juju, the, TikToks, more TikToks. More I, TikToks? Listen, I Juju, I had no problems with Juju while he I don't was here. TikToks anymore. Um, I never. He really didn't do that many TikToks. TikToks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's overrated. Only after the Super Bowl, that one. After it's the just the meme. Well, after the Super Bowl. Listen, after the Super Bowl, and short of spring when and you AK win it all, you can say whatever. Well, yep. within reason, you can say pretty yeah. much whatever yeah. you want. You can, and the Bengals didn't even win it all last year. And Nate did it all. He did after Super Bowl. I was like, yeah. weird. Eh, like weird. You didn't. I mean, it is what it is. It was yeah. for. It was for I, a video with a. It was a collab video with a giant promoter or a giant person. influencer. No, I. I, I recognize. I'm sure he made a, a decent amount of money too with mm-hmm. those. But yeah, no, I'm not. I have nothing bad to say about Juju. I think um, one of the things, if you listen to Times Ours and Nate Taylor's talked again, just kind of saying it without saying it, he's mentioned it a couple times the last couple of weeks about. Um, the issues with Juju's knee down the stretch. Obviously, a tough guy played through it and all that yeah. stuff, but you could see that he wasn't he wasn't as explosive. And I think that there were some long term concerns there. And so I'm guessing they w- didn't have as much of a um, they gave him as a much guaranteed money. Yeah, they they yeah. again. One we kind of the, talked about it like pre show. I don't know if it's pre show or on here, but like the Chiefs kind of strategy we think has just been like you offer what number yep. you're comfortable with and Be it's patient. not really a bidding. It's yeah. like well, that's, you offer that's, and that's it. Well, that's, I think the lesson that Brett Veach learned, not just in his own experiences, but from his predecessor, you know, Glenn Dorsey or not Glenn, um, Glenn Dorsey. Glenn no, Dorsey. He, uh, Glenn the Dorsey was somebody he would have tried John to pay. John, John Dorsey. John would have uh, tried to overpay him. Glenn, you know, I mean, who who ended up? You know, Glenn we Dorsey talked about this before. Like Brett doesn't want to be held hostage by players, and that's not even in a hostile sense. It's just. You no, don't want to end up overpaying having for guys. control of your roster. You don't yeah. want to be held to hostage contracts, not held hostage by players. I mean, you, yeah. I don't think you want to be held hostage by. Well, players. you don't you want to be held hostage by players. Situation, yeah, that could be, like that could if you're locked in a room. Hostage, period. In you know, these terms, listen, you're there. Even Frank's got his Uzi, right? You know, it's there's a lot that that would be pretty terrifying, and traumatizing. Yeah. Kyle. I don't think Frank needs an Uzi to terrify me. That's also fair. Um, yeah, Orlando Brown's a big human, so I mean. But yeah, you know, Juju, you know. good for him to get that bag. <laughs> as we're yeah. round that up. Yeah, I'm happy for. Got. I'm yeah. happy for all of these guys except for and maybe one. Thing. Well, yeah, and we'll get to the last departure. But I'll just lastly on Juju, that was the, kind of the conversation before he came to Kansas City. Obviously, it's like he wanted to get a long-term deal, and he instead, you know, set that aside for one year to uh, to win a ring. So now he gets that long-term deal. He gets to go up to New England. I'm just curious how uh, how New England is going to deal with him. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting for sure. So, shout out to all those guys. Last big name departure that has uh, has finally signed somewhere else. Orlando Brown Jr. is officially a Cincinnati Bengal, uh, signing with the Bengals today. Four for what was the number? Uh, it's four for sixty-four point two something. Or yeah. point oh something. It's the largest signing bonus for an offensive lineman in NFL history. Thirty-one million signing bonus. The agent. I mean, shout out to this agent for for getting that in the in the tweet. But yeah, four right. for sixty-four million. Thirty-one million signing bonus. Very front-loaded deal, as reported by uh, by Tom Pelissero. It's a short deal. It's not a four-year deal. It's a two-year deal. It's it's yeah, a so two-year break, rental until they have to break pay this Joe down Burrow. because obviously we just. Um, We'll get into the the full thing, but we just saw the Chiefs pay Jawan Taylor four for eighty. 
Um, and last year we offered Orlando Brown, I believe, six for 139 or something like that. So uh, let's kind of break this down. You guys are the contract experts here. Kyle, I think you have the, you have the numbers pulled up. Yeah, so, all right. The Chiefs and Orlando have had conversations previously, right? They had yeah. a contract offer that came out uh, that was last year. They pull, they put out together. It was a six-year, $139 million deal. Um, $31 million signing bonus, so identical. Um, $38 million fully guaranteed. $52.5 million in injury guarantees. $95 million in the first five years. $44 million in the in year six. $18.2 in the first five. $23.16 on the overall deal. The deal he just signed is $31 million in signing bonus. It's $16.2 million APY. It's four years, $64 million. And... Further details were, um, I believe, updated and added to it to where he's getting the second year. The, the rest of the guaranteed money is basically only in the first two years. There is a like seven million or something left potentially in in guaranteed money or dead money in the final two years of that deal. So to put it in contrast with the Juwan taylor deal that we just got signed to orlando's deal again is four years 64.092 million i don't the 092 is whatever 31 million dollar signing bonus Juwan taylor's deal is four years 80 million dollars so just right there same length 16 million more just for perspective that's that's them letting Orlando go somewhere else while he was in the building and them signing the guy technically before Orlando was announced going somewhere else. Yep. But pretty much after well they had before. finished, well before. after they had finished knowing the deal was not going to go anywhere with Orlando, they paid his replacement. Now they only paid him an $18.9 million signing bonus, but it's 40 million guaranteed at signing 60 million total in guarantees. So a three year deal because it's 40 at signing, and then another 20 is guaranteed on the league year of next year, like when the league year starts. I think it's like the third or fifth day of the league year, some date, like the 24th. That 20 million guarantees. $60 million. So, essentially, they went and got your replacement, paid him more than you, gave him more guaranteed than you, and a longer secured length deal. Basically the same length of security they were offering at you last year without the fluff in the last year and a half of the contract. So, yeah, I mean, the well, and we, we call it fluff, but that's negotiating leverage, right? It's, oh, hey, you know, we're in year four and five. You still technically owe me this money. Are you going to move on from here? Or do you want to re, do you want to re? restructure? It's Chris Jones' $28 million that is on the books this year if he plays. Yeah, which I wish that they would do something about but so here's the deal you, you his agent did a good job of spinning this but like y'all took yeah. an l at the end of the day because you you, you said last year we're not we're going to turn down this mega mega deal which would have been 23.16 apy average per year right um 
and over six years, like that's a lot of money. It would have been ninety-five million dollars over five years. It's a ton of money that you left on the table, and and great, you get a two-year rental with Cincinnati, but that's going to be different. And and I think anybody who respectfully, and you guys, you guys know better than anybody. I've been you bang the drum to bring the guy here. I've been, I've been, but I'm also, I'm, I'm like when everybody told you you were stupid and it wasn't going to happen, and they wouldn't. Oh, by the way, hey, that was something else Brett Veach wouldn't do was trade for a tackle and spin the draft and trade a first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Uh, but it worked out because you don't need first round draft picks that year when you can go out and draft Nick Bolton and Creed Humphrey. But Easy. Uh, here's the deal. You you lost, man. You bet on yourself and you lost. And you you also, your agent has no idea what he's doing, like respectfully. He, he saved face by getting this deal with the Bengals, but it's literally a two-year deal. They're throwing a ton of money at you to hope that maybe you can stand there for a half a second longer then whatever turnstile they have at left tackle right now. Um, and if that happens, I mean, he's a great run blocker. He had room to grow as a pass blocker. He said on national TV, oh, yeah, all those one-on-ones were a little harder at Kansas City. Yeah, man, that's what, you know, elite left tackles are asked to do is yeah. to go one-on-one with the team's best that's pass blocker. That's why they make the money you were asking for. But yeah. I just, I, I just, I just, I will say this just real quick on that note. If, and, and, cause you've been talking about the agent and respectfully mm-hmm. not really fully knowing what he's doing. And then this leads into him going on NFL live. If you let, I have no idea if that deal was basically completed or not before he went on that show. But if as an agent, you let Orlando Brown or any client go on uh, national television on a show where they're going to do nothing but ask him about contract related information. And there's not a deal in place. You have lost your mind, and I would argue no. potentially you could be held as negligent in your responsibilities as an agent. I'm not trying to be crazy and tell you that tell the guy he shouldn't have a job or whatnot, but like, well, if, and, and I hope maybe. I hope like hell that that deal was done basically paperwork wise before he went on that show, because mm-hmm. if not, you just gambled and got super lucky that somebody was still willing to write you a deal that even looks like that after he went on national television and basically mm-hmm. said, I need chip help. I need help. Yeah, um, not uh, the greatest of looks. It's a him. tough one. And listen, I like Orlando Brown. And it's not, he's a great guy. It's feel... nothing against him. I'm yeah. happy he played the well, as well as Definitely he did for us while he was there. Yeah. But his agent, dude, his when we're agent. talking about dollars like this and we're talking about protecting that guy, if you're going to go down this road and, and look, he got offered more by the Chiefs last year. We just broke it down for more. you. Significantly more. And and if you're gonna try to pretend that it wasn't more, you're you're really I get it. I get the funny money, but you like here's my here's my thing. You talk about long term security being the reason why you turn that deal down. Uh-huh. And then you take this deal, which I mean it's still generational wealth, thirty one million dollars, nothing the to look opposite at. of long term security. But you're looking at a deal that's total sixty-four. I mean, it's it's almost half of, it's it's not even half. It's just it's ridiculous, you know, in terms of total value. Um, and and I said this earlier, you know, a couple podcasts ago, you know, at the after the combine, and it came down to I think that the Chiefs were looking that they did their homework. They said, hey, if we tag this guy, who would trade for him? And they went, mm, we don't need a right tackle. Everybody. 
pretty much said that, right? Yeah. And and nobody was because you know you're looking at getting a comp, so they knew. I, I think that they knew back at the combine, and then yeah, shortly after that, his the news was. comes out. Hey, he's you know they're not they're not going to tag him, and they're not going to go through that drama because they don't want to tie up the cap room. So they go out, they be aggressive, they grab Jawan Taylor, who uh, and I'll, I'll say this here on the record. You know, save the date, save the the clip. If you want to make fun of me in a couple of years, if there's a Bengals fan listening to this and you want to talk crap, you know, before you win any Super Bowls as a franchise, that's fine too. But I think Jawan Taylor is going to be an infinitely better option at left tackle than what Orlando Brown was. Only based on the fact that that Andy Reid and Andy Heck took a guy who was about as unideal as you can get for a, a left tackle kind of mold, yeah. made it work, and now you have a guy who has skill sets that are way more conducive to being a good pass protector on that on that blind side and i think they're gonna they're gonna do really well he and could also still play right tackle and it would still be just a fine yeah. contract for me yeah. with him yeah you're not overpaying you're paying a market value at worst case scenario you're paying market value for a young right ascending tackle. right tackle yeah and, so, at wor- and at best case you're getting a steal at left tackle you are yeah so, so Orlando, yeah, now with the Bengals, wanna... i will say at least for for all the pods or for all the negatives that you can kind of say about the situation, uh, the positives for Orlando, he at least gets to still play left tackle because, like we said, a lot of the league it wasn't really viewing him as that, and that was something that's very important. We talked about it when we traded for him. That and was I, something that was very important. And we him. all get that, right? Yeah. We all get and it's it. very respectable. Like no, no, no hard feelings about that. So he gets to play left tackle still. He gets to play for a winning, you know, a, a team that's at least in playoff contention every year in the Bengals. Uh, and now he blocks for the third potential MVP caliber quarterback in Joe Burrow. He's had a good run of QBs, huh? Yeah, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and now you got Joe Burrow back there. Um, Not bad. I mean, not as far as the situation that he's entered in, not bad. Um, Just, you know, the whole contract thing kind of puts a damper on it. Hey, he gets – and you know what? You know what he gets three times a year for the next two years at least – or next year at least and potentially the year after because I'm sure we'll see the Bengals every year until these two quarterbacks don't exist in the same universe. We are going to see him. (sighs) So he's going to get at least three shots probably every year for the next at least two years at the Ravens and the Chiefs, and that doesn't count the playoffs. So you want to take and you want to prove it. You want the prove-it deals. He wanted to prove it last year. You want to prove it. The Ravens didn't want to pay you the big money and let you play left tackle. The Chiefs wanted to pay you a certain amount of money to play left tackle. Neither one of those were good enough for you. The Bengals gave you this opportunity with that amount of money. Go show them you were right. Good luck to you, buddy. I I hope it works out well for you, except when you're playing us. Except when you're playing us, just we're going to line Chris up against him. (laughs) No. Why? Just get the smallest, fastest guy you can find. Oh, yeah. We we can draft like – the uh, Ojolari kid and just yeah. <laughs> let him run around the outside, run around him every time. But yeah, and we will be seeing a lot of Orlando Brown definitely. Yeah. So. And again, he's he's above average. He's a he's an above replacement level tackle, which is basically I mean, what the Bengals scrub. had. Yeah. This is what the Bengals had last year was a replacement level tackle. They brought in not have a, a bunch line. of mercenary tackles uh, line guys last year to try to improve the weakness that they had. It was better. It still wasn't great. They went out and they've tried to improve it again. Uh, they've taken a step forward at left tackle. How much? We'll see. Yeah. Um, definitely a TBD on that front. But that right. is pretty much the uh, the departures that the Chiefs have seen thus far. Still a couple more names out there that haven't been signed. Miko Hardman, uh, Jarek McKinnon, a couple other guys out there who might Again. have on. Chad Henney. I saw a report that Chad Henney Chad got, said a, no, got a look. Chad said your like, name's hey. not Andy Reid. That's yeah, what Chad said. Exactly. So 
those are the biggest uh, Chiefs type news. There was some other news around the NFL, specifically in the AFC West. That was a pretty significant note. Uh, the Raiders trading away uh, star tight end Darren Waller to the Giants. Um, that's okay. a very surprising move, I'd say. Well, is it? We knew they were trying to trade him last year. The Packers were after him hard last year. That's true, and it is the Raiders, so you and can't expect much. And as the season went on last year, he, I believe, was got hurt or wasn't playing much, and then he basically was pretty frustrated with the team and and asked to be out. And then Derek Carr obviously gets a kick to the curb two games before the season ends, and then gets fully kicked to the curb afterwards. Uh, a lot of his the organization that was there when he was there is not there anymore. Not there anymore. Nope. Um, a lot of turnover, and you know he's he's a big time tight end, and he was ready to get out of that that situation. Raiders are trying to reinvent the Patriots again. Rebuild almost? I don't know. Well, no, they were, I don't know if you're paying attention or not, but Josh McDaniels <laughs> is trying to do the Bill Belichick again, and we'll see how that right. goes. Yeah, um, G, just Patriots 2.0. I, listen, I love Josh McDaniels coaching in the AFC West. That's probably I my do. favorite the visor, Also, I'm sad I, that Derek Carr left, because I the mean, reason I replaced him with the same person, but. Yeah, the reason I even well, actually, I don't even know if it's the same person. I think worse. Derek might have had a little bit more than Jimmy at this point, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the Waller thing is interesting because he was traded yes. to the Giants. And what pick did they trade them? Pick one hundred. That seems a little familiar. Pick one hundred was traded for Kadarius Tony. So the essentially, US. we had Ryan Poles hired by the Bears. So we got a free third round. We comp got a pick. comp pick. That comp pick allowed us to trade for Kadarius Tony, and then allowed for the Giants to trade for Darren Waller, thus adding a weapon to us in our division and it's removing a weapon, a weapon from the division yeah. opponent for free. With one pick that we all we had to do free. was hire good people based on their talents and abilities. Amazing. And also, well, the third great round people, pick is doing yes. work. Yeah, great people. Also, a person a part of that. Uh, Rooney rule type thing at the well, uh, even since that, but he's but yeah. he did his job, he exactly. got the recognition he deserved. Exactly, this Chiefs, franchise pushes the, the guys that they the right think process. deserve it, yeah. and we got the pick out of it. So, yeah, all of that for the said, process. we get Darren Waller out of the division, we get Kadarius Tony, big win. Brian Dable's happy because he has a new Darren Waller tight end. Yeah, uh, your former quarterbacks coach Mike Kafka is Pretty probably happy. having a good time. Yeah. Darren Waller is having a good time because he is out of the situation he didn't want to be in. Um, and if you missed the exchange from Robert Griffin III and Darren Waller's very new wife, Kelsey Plum, who plays soccer for the Vegas soccer team there, the women's team, um, you should probably go check that out. Uh, I believe Robert said something to the effect that McDaniels wasn't a very wasn't exactly a romantic and Kelsey responded with, it's probably because he wasn't invited to the wedding. So, if that gives you an idea of how the relationship was there in Vegas between Darren and some of the staff, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Well, well hold on. Did you, did you not hear the story about, uh, I think it was McDaniels, mentioning that Darren Waller was getting ma married that weekend, and they hadn't made that information public on purpose? And so McDaniel's outed that. I, yeah. I hadn't heard I hadn't heard a confirmation oh. on that exactly. I had heard yeah. that, but I hadn't heard it confirmed. So if that yeah. actually happened, <laughs> duh. Oof. Yeah, no. Uh you know what? I I've I'm happy for Darren I mean, Waller. 
Yeah. Um, I am too. So, I'm ecstatic for Darren Waller. I think yeah. he's been wasted in Vegas for a while and had to ball out with lackluster anything around him. Gave me real Tony yeah. G vibes for a while. Yeah. yeah so definitely see, um, good to see him get out of the division and go flourish in the NFC because there's yeah, a lot go, of room to grow go, go do right. your thing, man. Scout's knocking Tom's green screen <laughs> over. We're getting yeah. close to the Wait, end. Tom isn't at the draft? What the heck? I thought he was live at the draft. Oh, that's crazy. I guess that's the sign. Yeah, Garrett, says it's Garrett time. do me this. What's what's the next thing the Chiefs do? Now that mm. Mahomes' restructure is done, mm. now that we just talked about at the beginning of the episode how this is really when mm. they're going to start doing things, what's the next domino? I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, boys. DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, the trade first. City. Come on down to KC, bud. We'll send okay. you a second. We'll send you a random fifth or sixth or something. Second. Fine. Come on down. Second's second just fine, fine, maybe. Okay, cool, cool. Maybe a third in CEH. I saw that floated for. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that floated. Hey, 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 hey! I saw that floated is, for. Is Bill O'Brien still there? Is he going to be trading David yeah. Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins? Because uh, I saw that. I saw that number floated for Tunzel, a third in CEH. Yeah. Hello, safe, hello yeah, Scout. I, safe to say I laughed. <laughs> Scout, can I yeah. can I help you? So, you... Garrett, Scout, has, closing Garrett has DeAndre Hopkins trade. Tom, yeah. next time uh, uh, now that Mahomes think, is done. I think I'm going to trade Scout to another podcast <laughs> for him to destroy things over there. How does that sound, buddy? Um, I, I hope it's DeAndre Hopkins. I think that's the most like bang for buck move. You need you need an X type of receiver for place Juju, and I just those those specific types are. Few and far between between free agency and the draft. Um, again, you can rework that deal. He's already said he'd like to, you know, do that. He's still got juice, you know, left in the in the tank. But um, gosh, I that or or you know, go find a good defensive lineman. That'd be nice. Um, some more Always depth nice. there. Yeah. But, I'm gonna disappoint you both. God, none of that. Uh-oh. None of that's what happening yet. What are we? Rest- oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Chris Jones restructure. You're getting two restructures, I think, before they do anything. And actually, let me rephrase that. I think not. They're not restructures because they're both extensions. extensions. Yeah, extendo. Uh, the first domino is Chris. I think. I think Chris's extension is done. I think he gets in that in between where we saw the other guys get paid Pain and where Donald. Aaron Donald is. Yeah. And I think probably in that twenty. And I think if he's doing what the rest of this core crew has done and hops on board, like I assume he probably will. Um, and I hate assuming cause I don't want to count guys pockets cause he's earned whatever dollars he's going to get, but I don't think he has to ask for 27 or 28. I think he can go to 24 or 25 and set the market for everybody not named Aaron Donald and be fine. So I think Chris gets extended. And then I mentioned it a little bit ago when we talked about Juan Thornhill and the overcrowded secondary, I've been on this train for a while it's got to get done at this point with the steps and the moves that they've made. You've made your bet on who your safety is and who your, or I'm going to phrase that on who your guy is in the secondary. You've made your choice. You made your choice last year when you asked him to play Tyron's role. Legereus need is getting a contract extension. That's the next two things for me that are coming after. That's what Mahomes' deal is. Cause this, like I said, Mahomes' deal then you make your in-house movements and get your cap space and get your stuff where you want it. And then you finish adding what you want, either trade, free agency, draft. And as soon as they get the in-house stuff, because that's the other thing, you want to make send the right signals to your players and to your guys in your house. Take care of your boys in their home first and then go bring in extra stuff. Don't be signing a bunch of dudes 
that before you're going to sign your own guys and then be like, oh, we don't have cap space to take care of you. That rubs people wrong in a locker room. I think doubt. these are I the think, steps uh, that are coming. So I, you may be right, yeah. and I think you may be see. Like I said, I, I think DeAndre Hopkins is basically your best option at this point in the wide receiver category based on dollar yeah, amount, it, what yeah. you're giving up, how long you get him. I, I didn't agree with Talent, that statement caliber. two weeks ago. The market has changed, guys. So it has. I mean, it, the other it, options are Adam Thielen. Or, just this shout is where out we're Adam at. Thielen. So and and look, man, Adam Thielen is fine. But if I you're telling like me Adam you think Thielen. Adam Thielen has the same Adam juice Thielen. DeAndre Hopkins does, I I have oceanfront property not in Idaho quite. for sale. Not quite. I mean, maybe one day, but not quite. Um. So yeah, that basically uh, wraps up today's episode. Free agency is still well underway, and we will be, you know, sure to update you guys as uh, as more things come along. We also got some more draft content coming up soon, Tom. I know that. Uh, got some things in the work the draft is getting closer pro days are going on uh, about this this week we saw some interesting stuff happen at some pro days so <laughs> we're going to uh, yeah probably this weekend we'll probably target some uh, some draft talk episodes and uh yeah get the ball rolling uh, or continue the ball rolling on the off season here so thank you all so much for tuning in and listening and watching this one if you're only listening you can go ahead and watch us on youtube at kingdom says pod Otherwise, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, all your other spot pa, pa bleh, podcast platforms. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Kingdom Says Pod, and we will see you guys in the next one.